Morning, brothers and sisters. Once again, we are considering Jesus Christ, the Son of God. You know, He is the bread of life. Just as you can't properly have enough strength to sustain life in your body, see, your spiritual app, the, your spiritual makeup, the person, you know, your spiritual person is actually more of your essential person than your body is. No man should think of their body as the primary part of their person. There you have a spiritual man. There's a there's an inner man. There's a if you're born of God, there's a there's something born in you that's of God. Amen. We identify with that. We see that needs to be fed just as much, and I would argue even more so, mm-hmm. needs to be fed and sustained. It says, Man shall not live by bread alone, yeah. but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You can't sustain this new creation without bread from heaven. So as we consider the person of Jesus Christ, as we think about these things, ponder them, ponder the implications of what's being said. Give your whole mind to these things. As you think about that, it it strengthens and it nourishes your inner man. Those who find that they are spiritually weak will often find that they haven't been properly feeding on Christ. That is, that they haven't considered him, pondered what they said. The word has to be hidden in your heart. It says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. See, there's strength that comes from hiding the word of God in our hearts. And we should never live a day, never live a day without Jesus Christ in the forefront of our thoughts. Today we are considering that Jesus is the captain of our salvation. And these messages that I give, they focus on a facet. See, Jesus Christ, he's like a diamond. There's all these different facets on a diamond. And as you turn it, each one will fire off a different color. There's a a different thing that you can see. And that's the way Christ is. Christ is so humongously large and vast that you can't consider his entire person in its entirety all at one given moment. You know, Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, in, in the, you, you search the scriptures because you think in them that you have life, but those are them that testify of me. It took an entire Bible to testify of Jesus Christ. He's massive. He's large. Even the entire universe couldn't contain every possible consideration of his person. And so what we're doing in these series of messages is we're focusing on a facet. A tr- like a vein, like if you're mining a, a, a like an iron or like a gold or a silver vein in the earth, there's there's a richness to it. You can you can get on some scriptures and you can just kind of fall in it, so to speak. If there's a in Christ are unsearchable riches in Christ. Mm-hmm. And we're con- we're considering that Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Hebrews two ten. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things. You could write a series of sermons just on those, just on that beginning right there. Uh By him are all things and whom are all things. And bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through suffering. Now today I want to kind of focus in on that. The captain of their salvation. 
Remember, when it comes to the things of God and the words that the Holy Spirit uses, he never uses a word in vain. He says this word captain here for a reason. Let's think about that word captain. Exactly what do we mean? What are we talking about when we're talking about a captain? Well, this is Noah, Noah Webster. He was a brother in the faith. I like using his dictionary a lot because he was a godly-minded individual, and he brought his persuasions of faith kind of in. If you, if you read his dictionary, you get a sense that, he, that there was a, the definition of this word extended beyond the bounds of, of a lexical definition. And so this is what he had to say. Captain. Literally, a head or chief officer, appropriately the military officer, who commands a company, whether of infantry or cavalry or, or, or artillery. The commander of a ship of war or of merchantmen, but the latter is often called a master. Number three, a man skilled in war or military affairs, as Lord Wellington is a great captain. And number four, the commander of a military band, a sense that occurs only in the scriptures as a captain of 50, a captain of 100, captain of thousands. We can see here that there's no doubt that this word captain has military leadership and headship applications. It also involves a great deal of skill and experience and aptitude, ability with the one who is appointed as a captain. You see, things like novicehood don't go well with captain. Mm -hmm. See, tenderfoot, rookie. See, these are words that are the antithesis. They're antonyms of captain. Captain is ability, skill, leadership, experience. He's been through the war. See, captains have been tried and tested and proven in battle. And they have been charged with leading others through the same because they can be entrusted to do so. A captain can be entrusted by a military officer to command a, a group of troops. A captain has to be very knowledgeable, but he also must effectually act upon that knowledge. A captain of a ship, for example, he must know his ship. He must be knowledgeable of its makeup, of its boundaries, of its strengths and weaknesses. He must know his instrumentation, how to discern a proper orientation on the course and direction of travel. He must know how to properly navigate in treacherous environments. Even then, it's not en enough just to know where you're going, but how to deal with external danger along the way. He must also know how to deal with internal dangers as well lest a mutiny arise in the crew. A good captain does not just lead his men with harsh commandments, but with encouraging words, leading by example and doing so primarily in the forefront of the battle. See, now, as a result of these things, they carry a certain amount of trust. And we can see examples of this all throughout the scripture. Now, as far as the scripture is concerned, the Lord never sent an army into battle without a captain. All of the tribes of Israel had captains set over them. Specifically, it listed in the book of Numbers, chapter 2, and in Deuteronomy chapter 1. Whenever Israel fought, there were captains present. 
when when the when 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 Joshua overtook all of the kingdoms that were there in the land, he had the captains come forth and put their foot on the necks of these kings. See that there were captains present. The captains were responsible for representing the people underneath them in a military sense and carrying out specifically the charge of a king or a leader. As a result, if the people failed to follow instruction, the captains had to answer for it. And you can remember when, when uh, uh, Moses went to war with the Midianites. He was supposed to utterly destroy the Midianites, but see, the people saved some of the women alive. But see, Moses was wroth, it says in Numbers 31, 14. He was wroth with the captains because they had charge. The captains had charge over the people. And it wasn't just men who were referred to as captains in the scripture. If you can remember in Joshua chapter 5, verse 14, an angel appeared to Joshua with a sword in his hand and identified himself as the captain of the host of the Lord. See, host, when, remember we say that word host, we're talking about armies. Whenever you hear the term, the Lord of hosts, the thought that should come in your mind is God is commanding an innumerable company, an army. He's the Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies. He's a strong God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. The Lord of hosts. See, captain is tied to this word host frequently in the scripture. It's used as captain of the host. In fact, out of the 237 occurrences of the word captain in the King James Bible, the phrase is captain of the hosts, captain of the guard, captain of war, captains of the forces, captains of the chariots occur 105 times. See, we're laying the groundwork here to properly consider Jesus Christ, who is the captain of of our salvation. I want us to specifically see that a captain has a military application to it, has an army application to it, has a war application to it. Anyone commanding a proper army has a captain, even the enemy. How about Faisal was the chief captain of Abimelech's host? In Egypt, Potiphar was the captain of the guard. Or Sisera. How about Sisera? He was the captain of the host of Jabin. And if you could remember, he's the one that Jael put a, a tent peg through his head and nailed it to the earth. When the children of Egypt, when the children of Israel left Egypt, Pharaoh went after them, it says, with chariots and captains over the chariots. They were actually Egypt's choice captains. That's how he went after Israel. On the night of Christ's betrayal, a captain was there with the band of men and officers of the temple. That's John 18, 12, Luke twenty two fifty two. The chief captains were principal men who had charge over others. The Roman captain in Acts chapter 22 had the authority to bind Paul. Jesus spoke to a centurion, see, who he, he had a servant who was sick of the palsy, and he knew 
He knew. He said, I, I'm a man of authority. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and come, and he comes. So he saw Jesus. Mm -hmm. He saw this authority aspect of Christ as well. Yeah. And captain is also associated with saving life. Mm -hmm. In 1 Samuel 9, 16, we have our first reference to a captain being anointed by God. Not merely to drive out the enemy or to conquer them, but to save his people from them. That's the emphasis that's used there. He said, I will send thee a man out of the land of Benjamin, and thou shalt anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the hand of the Philistines. For, this is the reason, I have looked upon my people because their cry has come upon me. A captain as an answer to prayer. How about that? You see, it's always best to have the scripture frame our thinking about a particular word usage. So when we read here in Hebrews, the captain of our salvation, you see, the rest of the scriptures are to form our thinking about this word captain. The Hebrew writer, he was moved by the Holy Spirit when he wrote this. The Holy Spirit doesn't exaggerate. Yeah. The Holy Spirit doesn't use a word for no reason. He uses this word captain for a purpose, and that is Jesus Christ is truly the captain of our salvation in every sense of the statement. And like I have already pointed out, it has a militant application as well as a leadership application. You see, when it comes to the salvation of mankind, there is only one person given the charge of carrying it out. And only one person who has the ability to carry it out, being made perfect through suffering. Yeah. There is only one anointed of the Lord to bring salvation to his people. And we are talking today about Christ, the captain of our salvation. Yeah. You see, from one aspect, we are saved in Christ. But from another aspect, we are being saved. Don't discount the words of Christ when he said, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Yeah, that's right. The same shall be saved. Jesus is a captain to ensure that you will get through this present evil world and not be overtaken by opposition. Amen. He's sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high this very moment in a constant state of activity. John wrote about this activity in the book of the Revelation as lightnings and thunderings and voices coming out of the throne. Jesus does not rest day or night. He is leading us through a hostile environment. And it's not just a defensive stance that makes this possible, but an offensive stance as well. We don't just need the whole armor of God. We are instructed to take the sword of the spirit as well. We are told to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to all the saints. We are exhorted to fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life. See, captains of hosts lead the armies into battle. Jesus Christ is no different in this commission. He is teaching our hands to war. The psalmist cried out to God. He said, blessed be the Lord, my strength, which teacheth my hands to war and my fingers for warfare. 
See, that, that phrase is brought to its culmination in Christ Jesus, the captain of our salvation. Jesus has been handed the charge of leading his saints to glory. He shoulders the responsibility to bring us to God himself. And at this very moment is bringing many sons to glory. See, he's already done the work. Christ has already done the work. He's, he's already defeated the devil and spoiled principalities and powers and emerged victorious. He's emerged victorious in battle. The heavenly host proclaimed his entrance in the heaven. Yeah. Psalm 24, verse 8 says, Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. See, that's a captain. He's talking about a captain. John saw him in a vision as one who sat upon a white horse, who was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, does he judge and make war? See, that's a captain. As long as we are in this world, there is a tremendous liability to contend with. We have principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and high places seeking to overthrow your faith. We have captains of the unseen realm, right? We have an adversary, the devil, who's walking about as a roaring lion seeking to whom he may devour. We have to contend with living in a fallen world in wicked environments, around wicked and ungodly men. We have to live in a body which has written the law of sin and death on our members. When we would do good, evil is present there with us. You can't even go through a day without a a sinful thought coming into your mind and bothering you. How could I possibly think that? You see, there are things that are against you. Even though they vex your soul, even though every day you live with it and you wish you didn't have to live with it, you have to live in a fallen world. Things that compete for your love and your affection. Things that compete for your heart. Things that try and overthrow your faith. And I'm telling you right now, you wouldn't make it one more day if you didn't have a captain. But he's sitting there. He's at the right hand of the majesty on high. He's the captain of our salvation. The Lord Jesus Christ, strong and mighty in battle. All things have been put under his feet. He has all power in heaven and earth, and he can save to the uttermost. And I'm here to declare to you today that you are free in him, and he is safe. He is. He can save to the uttermost. Salvation appropriates power. From God to strengthen the individual, to overcome temptation. Yeah. You know, it was a it was a breakthrough for me when I learned that I didn't have to sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't have to sin. That's right. Now, do we sin sometimes? Well, I'd, I would be lying if I said I never sinned. Huh? But did I have to sin? No. 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 We have the ability to be transformed from glory into glory by gazing at the face of Christ Jesus. See, the trying of our faith works to perfect us. The one who has been perfected is perfecting. We are divine trophies of the grace of God on display for an assembled universe to see. 
with Jesus at the right hand of God, working in his saints as a dispenser of the manifold grace of God. Dear believers, Jesus is a perfect captain. Amen. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. I, I, I want a perfect captain leading yeah. me, and that's exactly what God has delivered to us. Yeah. He's delivered us a perfect captain. He knows our makeup. He's our creator. He not only made us, but he made everything else in the world. And he knows the environment perfectly, having descended from heaven. And he knows us better than we know ourselves. And Jesus is the only man who lived out a perfect life as a man. And the only man who was always properly oriented towards God, who always trusted in God, who always did the things that pleased the Father. And he did not hurry through this life like a person that just brushes through a hospital real quick. No. It wasn't a sprint or a quick pass through. He had to live here. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. He had to grow. He had to learn obedience by the things that he suffered. He spent more than 30 years here. He did not see mankind from a distance. He descended to us. He became like unto his brethren. He endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. He suffered Christ suffered being tempted and he was afflicted and he was despised and he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief and he was alone. And while the birds and the, and the, and the foxes had dens, the son of man had no place to lay his head and he was mocked. And he was reviled, and he was questioned, and he was rejected, and he was misunderstood. He not only knows the way, being our forerunner, and having experienced all of this, walking it before us, but he is the way. Jesus Christ is the way. He not only knows the way, he is the way. He is bringing us to God. This is the one who is bringing us to God. He, he's been tempted in all points, just as we are, yet without sin, that he might be a faithful and merciful high priest. He knows how to deliver the godly out of trouble. Are you in trouble today? You've got a captain who knows how to deliver you from trouble. He's able to command his body to work together in charity and unity for the edification of, and sanctification of his people. He's able to speak peace into the hearts of men with words of comfort and encouragement. He is orchestrating all circumstances, even the bad ones, to work out for our ultimate good. Those of us who love God and who are called according to his purpose. And he can do all these things because he is a man and he has been made perfect through sufferings. And that same man, is God, God has made both Lord and Christ. He's over all. And this is a joyous thought that we have a perfect Savior. See, an angel could not do this work. A heavenly personality could not do this work. A man had to do this work. And God had to become a man. 
captains are to be followed. This captain is not only adept and able at the work of salvation, but he is not a ruthless captain. In fact, his argument for following him is a very convincing one. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Do you believe that? Amen. See, see how approachable Christ is? Mm-hmm. He's an approachable Savior. Yeah. He wants us to follow him. Yes. He desires to lead us to the promised land. Yes. He desires to, bo- to provide us with the best training possible. Uh-huh. It's not a burden for Christ to orient you for glory. Amen. And his character is so attractive that when we see Christ properly, we have a great love for him. This is not this is love for God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. We can see the person of Christ. Mm -hmm. We love him, see, because he first loved us. If you follow the lamb wheresoever he goes, I promise you this. He will bring you to God. He will orient you properly. He will lead you through external difficulties and direct you in the very midst of calamity. He will lead you to work together with other members of the body. He will work to help correct your inner deficiencies. He will lead you out of them and into inherited spiritual blessings. He is in charge of all the circumstances of your life. He is our captain. We don't, we don't focus on having the proper doctrine. We don't focus on having unity. We focus on the, the captain of our salvation. That's our focus. He's the one that's leading us and directing us. Here is the ultimate plan of salvation. Trust Christ. Look to him and he will save you. And he's coming back. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And this captain of our salvation is coming with the armies of heaven and flaming fire, taking vengeance on those that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's coming again. And he's, he's a captain. Oh, captain, our captain. Look what you have done. You overcame darkness and our victory is won. O Captain, our Captain, your word is true. You're totally perfect, Lord, in everything you do. O Captain, our Captain, you know and understand our frame. Oh, how you can help those who cling now to your name. O Captain, our Captain, please lead us now, we pray, and teach us to fight now in our battle array. O Captain, our Captain, Train us for the war to wear the godly armor and also yield the holy sword. Oh, captain, our captain, you will not lose control. You're saving all your men and you won't lose control. Oh, captain, our captain, Lord, you are the way you've gone on before us. Lord, guide us on this day. Oh, Captain, our Captain, in you do we trust. To follow you so closely we must, we must. Oh, Captain, our Captain, no better man be. We love our dear Captain when his glory we do see. Oh, Captain, our Captain, come quickly, dear Lord. 
with your armies on high and with your eternal reward. Thank you, brethren. Amen.